This podcast episode discusses suicide and suicidal ideation, and some people might find it disturbing. If you or someone you know is suicidal, please contact 911 or call the suicide prevention hotline in your country. Resources can be found in the description. Is this thing on? Hello, and welcome back to the SLC Voice Podcast. Podcast by students for students. I'm Brian, and today we're going to be talking about mental health. You know, like how pervasive it is in society, what we can do to help, and some of our own experiences with it. I'm joined by Michael from DSTIG. How are you doing, Michael? Good yourself. Thanks for having me on. All right, thanks a lot for coming on here. And Kathy, who is our chaplain at the... Are you just, are you just at uh, Kingston, St. Lawrence campus, or other campuses as well? So I am uh, on all three campuses. Okay. I am paid to be on the Kingston campus, <laughs> and I work as a volunteer on the other campuses. So, oh. but it's my heart to see our presence on all three campuses, definitely. Well, as a, as a student at the Kingston campus, I say thank you very much. And as just someone that likes to look out for other people, I say thank you for your time volunteering with other campuses. That's amazing. So I guess let's just kind of kick Thanks. off a general question. Like mental health, why do you think it's important, Kathy? Well, I really believe that our thoughts are, uh, are sort of like the, the wellspring from which so much of our life flows. And when we're not healthy in our minds, well, I guess any aspect of health that's, that's not right when there's a problem in our physical bodies, um, our emotional health, even our social health, our financial health in any of these areas, when we're struggling, it really affects the others and our overall well-being. But I think especially with mental health, it really can cloud and distort our view of reality even. Um, and so I think it's a really important thing to guard and protect and really nurture members in our community that struggle with mental health because it can be a really dangerous way to suffer. All right, couldn't agree with you. Michael, do you have anything you want, you want to add on that? No, yeah, I was gonna say uh, exactly the same thing. Um, and then on top of that as well, um, just with the brand uh, D-Stig and its goal is, um, mm -hmm not only just those people struggling um, need, need some help as well because of uh, what they're going through, but then also yeah. the people who might not necessarily have their own mental health issues, um, exactly. but could be a parent of that person, that sort of thing. So those conversations are important for them as well. I, I actually, yeah, that's a perfect kind of thing to bring up. I, I think that's one thing that with mental health, it really kind of goes unnoticed. And I, I, I think there's some stats to say that one in five Canadians are affected by mental health mm -hmm. personally. And that's just the ones that we know about. I think it, it really is one of those things that's like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And, and I guess what I would say is like, Michael, like how, how many people do you think are really affected by mental health around you? Like how often, how prevalent do you think this is? Well, realistically, I, I would say everyone is. Um, maybe not uh, directly. Um, like I said, maybe not directly having their own uh, mental illness or something like that or their own struggle. Um, but I'd be hard to think of so anyone I know, uh, well, anyone that knows me would obviously have a connection to mental health. Sure, um, sure. I have a hard time thinking of anyone that would know anyone else um, that wouldn't have some sort of contact to, uh, to mental health, whether it be uh, a friend with an issue, a parent, uh, any other yeah. sort of relative, or even just a, a classmate sort of thing. Um, so it's, I, I definitely believe it's one, above one in five. Um, to take a guess, I couldn't honestly take an educated guess because uh, the amount of people that just don't want to talk about it, it makes it hard to kind of guess at those numbers. Absolutely. Kathy, do you have anything, anything you want, your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I think Michael is right on the money. And I think too, um, there's a real spectrum of mental health issues. So perhaps not everyone has a medically diagnosed um, mental health problem, yeah. but there's certainly a spectrum of difficulties uh, that people struggle with. And I think Michael's right. I think it's not something, I think there's so much shame yeah. around yeah. mental health that uh, we treat it very differently than a broken leg, for example. And uh, so I think it is really hard to get a good handle on numbers. And even just adding in the, the spectrum idea, because I completely agree with that uh, as well. Um, and the, and I, again, with that is that people that are on that spectrum, and I know this, uh, at least for myself, um, at one point, uh, I was definitely depressed, but not mm. to the point that I felt I needed to talk to anybody sort of thing. Yeah. So like you said, with that spectrum, um, it, it, what I find is that uh, some people, even though they're struggling they're like oh i'm not struggling as bad so blah blah sort of right. thing. and then they still look down at the other people that still are so thing it's just it's all backwards to me kind of kind of i <laughs> know like, yeah worse than me, so i'll look down even though we are in the same boat just different um not the exact same circumstances i know it is kind of that that, that demonization and kind of whitewashing of mental health issues i, I think it goes it goes all the time especially with you said with the spectrum of it like I guess, Kathy, I have a question for you. Like, how could you help notice, how could you notice if you're having mental health issues or if someone else is? Like, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I know with the pandemic right now, like, oh, I'm just a little bit sad. Like, how, are there ways that you can kind of tell just, you know, a little bit of like winter blues from a, a true growing issue in yourself or someone else? Uh, you cut off a little bit there at the end of your question, but I have a feeling I know where you were going. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's my internet or yours. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, we all have those sort of bad days, mm -hmm. but I think at a certain point when our bad days are becoming the norm, um, mm. when our whole perspective is really skewed. Uh, the other thing to really pay attention to is eating habits, sleeping habits, when those start to get disrupted, um, even heart rate. Mm. Um, like when your heart is racing or like breathe, it can be breathing problems. And again, it can kind of creep up sometimes those physical things that knot in your stomach. So we all have that knot in our stomach sometimes, but if you're having a knot in your stomach every day, um, mm -hmm. or if it's someone you know, um, are they engaged? Are they fully focused? Are they in shutdown? Are you not hearing back from somebody? Sometimes physical appearance, is it somebody that normally would, I mean, none of us are really bathing as much these days, let's face <laughs> it. but if, if it's someone you know, then you really notice a quick shift in sort of personal hygiene and those kind of things. I think um, substance abuse, is yeah. this somebody that's suddenly using substances in a way that would not be normal um, day drinking, yeah. um, whatever else, you know, um, or even, you know, just that drink every day that that person normally would never have. Like, I think just training ourselves to just be on the lookout and, and to open our eyes and really take notice of one another and what's normal for our loved ones and even acquaintances. We can notice this sometimes in class that someone, you know, just is, is not behaving how they normally would and not as outgoing, more withdrawn. Like those are all kind of can be signs that something's off. I, Did I miss I, any, Mike? 
No, I, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I yeah, uh, trying to think of them all, but yeah, that was perfect. I uh, I cannot think of another one to add on top of it. Off the top of my head, okay, <laughs> that was perfect. That the the part about the heart rate and the the kind of the stomach churning is something I never really thought of before. That's fascinating. I, I get, and it really is. A, it's one of those good indicators that you're stressed out, right? It's like your heart rate starts going, you, you get the stomach clenching. Right. You're, you're I'm going to test it. I'm, I'm going through it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, man. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm, I'm fine. Just, uh, just the video making said? me a little anxious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that performance anxiety, right? The butterflies in the stomach. It's always Exactly, fun. yeah. No, that's a good though. Like, and paying attention to people around us. And I guess it's something that we all should probably try to do a little bit better on. Like I know myself personally, I think like there have definitely been some times where I have had some some friends in the past that have been going through some mental health issues. And I just, you know, you, you want to reach out and you're not really sure how to go about it, I guess. Like, would you have any, like, Michael, I know you've had some some experiences with this in the past, people around you. What would, what would you say to someone if you think they're going through an issue like this? How would you try to help them? So the first thing I try to do is uh, just connect to them, let them know that, um, like one that they've got my attention, I, I'm listening to them and I, I care about one, uh, what they're saying first off. Um, and then second from there, I just try to kind of feel them out. Um, one, how serious they are and the more serious they are, the more likely I'm gonna to turn to somebody else because um, as much as help as I like to be uh, for my friends and the people that turn to me, um, I, I also know my limits. I'm, I'm not a professional or anything like that. So um, if it is getting to a conversation, the conversation is getting to one of those serious points where it could be uh, the person inflicting harm on themselves or anything along those lines. Um, uh, as hard as it is to break that trust, that is something that a lot of people, including myself uh, in years past, uh, that tend to think that's something that a promise that we can't break. Oh, I, I promise you we'll stay here sort of thing, because you feel like you're sort of their lifeline. If you break that trust, then what are they going to feel? How are they going to um, react to that? Um, so it's just it's just really hard to kind of to gauge without having a specific situation uh, to me. Um, but again, overall, uh, just speaking generally, um, the biggest thing is just support, uh, showing showing you care. Um, my biggest thing is uh, relating to the person, just saying like, hey, you're not alone here. Um, there's thousands of us uh, going through this. Um, maybe not specifically that exact situation, but um, the amount of people struggling it, at least from what I found, is that just simply um, making sure people realize that they've got the support around them if they want to turn to it, that they aren't alone. And that um, even though they do have something going on in their head, there isn't actually anything wrong with them. It's the same thing as having a broken bone. Um, it's just unfortunate that right now you can't just go to the hospital, ER, uh, get a cast and walk out sort of thing. Um, yeah, I love what Michael said. I think that's so, so good. And I, and I loved um, just the first thing he said, which I think is just so uh, important, which is just listen. And I think we don't do that well. And um, I often tell people, you know, if you're worried about someone, ask them questions. Like, because we tend to be quick to want to talk at people. Very true. And maybe relate. And, and often we don't get enough information before we start to talk. And, and so often just having a listening ear. So I'll often tell people, ask 10 questions, mm -hmm. you know, how are you doing? How long have you been feeling this way? And then don't be afraid to say, wow, you sound really like you've been struggling. Like these are a lot of things you've mentioned. Your relationship just ended and your school didn't go well last semester and you're really feeling isolated. You know, have you, and, and you're saying things like, I, do, I can't do this anymore. Like, are you feeling like you want to end your life? Like, it's okay to actually ask that question. 
And if someone says yes, to say, you know, that's a serious thing, like to let people know, like, that's a really big deal that you're feeling this upset. This is really serious. And then as Mike said, like, we need to, um, to act when somebody is feeling that uh, badly. And if you're, especially if you're really worried that they could be uh, actually imminent threat to themselves, um, to say, look, can I connect you? Can I help you connect to some help? You know, uh, there's so many good resources and maybe we could attach to this podcast some of those yeah, crisis we'll, line links uh, and whatnot, because there's lots yeah. of those. And we could say, you know, can I help you make a connection, um, whether it's to, you know, depending who it is, to help them find a good resource and actually walk them along with that and offer to support them through that so that we aren't in a situation like Mike's talking about where we kind of have to call 911 and say, you know, I'm not sure what's going on at my friend's address. I think they could be taking their life. You know, it's, it's great if we can not get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where no one wants to be the person that has to make the decision for someone else. But being there for someone else is the biggest, the best thing you can do. And I, like myself personally, I, I've thankfully, I, I've had, as I said, I've had some, my own issues with mental health in the past. And thank God it wasn't anywhere near to that extent, but there have still been, you know, in those times, you know, I've felt like I can't do this. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I you know, like nothing is important to me. And like, you kind of go through these depressive cycles and, you know, it can, you can still say this just boilerplate stuff to everyone on the outside. Like, are you doing okay? Oh, you sure, sure, I'm fine. You can act like it, but then you know it's, it's the people that are really listening to what you're saying and, and looking at how you're acting, and you can see in yourself. And thank God, I, I had people around me that were like, "No, man, you're not yourself. Like you're you're acting differently. You you you're going on tilt." And thank God, I listened, and you know I, I was able to like I was able to to make some very drastic lifestyle changes that have kind of got me to the point where I'm now. But it took a lot of effort, and it took a lot of yeah. help and support. And that's one thing is like. It's work, you know, like, like anything else in life, it, it's work. It, it, it's work to help people. It's work to be, it's work to help yourself, but it's work that should be done and needs to be done. And it's one of the most valuable things you can do for anybody else is helping them. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to do is helping someone get through a rough time in life. Man, that, that's the best way to kind of give back to those around you. I, I, can, I can't say enough good things about it. So, oh, yeah, I completely agree. I, uh, um, starting DSIG, uh, it, it's definitely helped my mental health, just, uh, the aspect of helping other people that, uh, you're, you're bang on right with that. It definitely can help yeah. yourself for sure. <laughs> and I think we're all looking for connections. We're looking, oh, yeah. and I think especially when we're suffering, we're looking and scanning for someone who gets it, for someone mm -hmm. who t has the time, who cares. Uh, I know my mom, my mom was a counselor and a really good one she would have checkout ladies opening up to her. She had a carpet installed in her office and the man who installed it told her that he had experienced childhood sexual abuse. And he said, I've never told anyone this my whole life. He's an older man, like older than I am now. And so I, I just think if we're open, if we're really seeing people and engaged with people, the person that's in front of us and we're not sort of distracted um, all the places we can be distracted. People <laughs> actually don't even need to know us that well. Like yeah, true. we're, we're looking for a safe place. And, uh, it's a, like you say, Brian, and it's a special, amazing privilege to be that safe place for someone else. Absolutely. So
So I guess I just want to spin back to this. Kathy, have you had some problems with mental health past? Is, is there a reason why you feel so passionate about this? What what got you into this kind of this viewpoint, I guess? Well, um, I, I, yes, I've had <laughs> quite a bit of experience with mental health difficulties. Um, my husband struggles a lot with depression and has a mood disorder. He was diagnosed with cancer when I was pregnant with our second baby. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, and after his physical disease, uh, he really had a lot of mental health. And that is that is continued. It's not mm. what it used to be, but um, so I've had a lot of exposure that way. And um, I am a caregiver. I care for a lot of people. It's my job. It's my family. It's, and um, I definitely love it. And I think I'm on this earth to do it, but there's also been some broken parts of me yeah. that have driven me to take care and to not find those boundaries. And I, that's really caught up on me actually in the last oh. couple of years. And it's manifested with some of the stuff I talked about earlier with like anxiety. And, and for me, that's why my biggest cry tonight is know yourself, like mm -hmm. know yourself, spend time with yourself. Because honestly, I feel like things got to a pretty bad point for myself. Um, Kind of panic attacks. I was not eating, um, oh. struggling with sleep, um, and just fantasizing about getting hit by a car. Like I was, oh, I wasn't wow. suicidal. I wouldn't take my life. Like, you know, I'm in ministry in the church, and I'm a mom, mm. and I'm a counselor. I'm in that role in so many people's lives. So I'm not allowed to be suicidal. But I would just be driving, and be like, oh, that car just went through the light and just hit me. Like that would just be so nice. Wow. And it's like all these things were happening and I wasn't kind of twigging. Like it took mm. me a long time because I was running at high speed. So I don't know, Mike, how you ended up at kind of your rock bottom, but I really I'd love to hear that. And I, I just would really encourage all of us to tune in because at some point we get our own attention right? If your car doesn't get tuned up and you leave it long enough, eventually yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. going to happen. It's going to get your attention. So oh, I would yeah. say those were what, those are the things that kind of led me to, uh, got to get my attention. That's powerful. Yeah, my, my, uh, and I, as for myself, I, um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was uh, 18, uh, around there, but, uh, I had struggled with, um, without knowing what it was at all um uh with, uh, oh, sorry. Bipolar, with sorry bipolar uh, symptoms okay. um from as far back as i can remember it would probably be 13 14 mm -hmm. um but uh i just completely hit it to myself um yep. i didn't tell anybody um when i was manic people thought i was just outgoing fun that sort of thing <laughs> um whereas if i was uh depressed i'd just be sitting in my room uh still texting people constantly but um, not as actively sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, then what happened, um, what, uh, the reason I ended up talking about it uh, was years down the line, um, after, sorry, after four years with my uh, girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. um, and during those four years, um, I was far from the ideal boy. Um, a lot of things to do with the mental health, um, yeah. uh, both, both manic and depressive. Mm -hmm. um, but after those four years, uh, we had broken up a couple of times and final, the final straw um, at those fourth year, at the fourth year, I finally just said like, 
okay, like this is what I've been going through. I never wanted to tell you about it. I haven't told my parents. Like this is the first time I'm saying it. Um, and she was actually the one that uh, we didn't stay together or anything, but she said, I'm, I'm going to stay here with you. Uh, I'll get you through this. We'll, we'll get you in contact with somebody. And honestly, it saved my life. Uh, I wouldn't be here without her. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it's, it was honestly one of the biggest shows of strength I've ever seen. Cause like I had just completely uh, hurt this woman and like, she did not deserve any of it. Um, and then for her to turn around and just say like, okay, I'll still be your lifeline. Like, it was just the most meaningful thing that I think I've ever experienced. Um, but then from there um, she did, she followed through with her promise. Um, got me in contact with doctors, um, started some medication, started being a lot more open about it, talking to friends. Everyone knew about my situation, so they were able to watch out for me. Um, and then years down the line, I went to SLC, uh, which is actually where um, my mental health started to have its impact on my schooling. Um, I ended up not going to, because I had just started my medication going into my first year, um, and it was Seroquel, a uh, pretty strong uh, dosage. So I was taking it late at night, being a college student uh, <laughs> yeah. in the world. And then that would keep me knocked out right through my classes actually in the morning. So that was the first impact. Um, and then after that, uh, I finally got a hold of that, got that under control. Um, but then slowly slipped into a depression where it wasn't the pills making me sleep through school. I was just staying at home, locked in my room. Um, I actually ended up finishing uh, two of my four years from home um, because, okay. of mental, because of mental health stuff. Um, big shout out to, I'm not sure if he's still at the school, but Jeff Pond, um, without him, I wouldn't have graduated SLC. Uh, he got me set up with the accommodations and everything like that. Uh, it's, the, oh, it's the only way I was able to finish my degree. Um, uh, but I, again, I was able to finish my degree thanks to him. Uh, went home, started working for my dad's insurance company. Nice. Uh, and a couple of years into that, um, I was still looking just for a way to make a little bit extra side money sort of thing. Yep. Um, uh, uh, looking at online stores, then, yeah. excuse me, uh, then actually a few uh, months into that, uh, one of my friends actually committed suicide, um, yeah. Patrice Redden. Uh, he was one of my best friends growing up playing hockey with him. Um, and I had actually reached out to him uh, in the days prior, uh, um, in the days prior, because uh, he had put up a Snapchat story just saying, uh, this is what extreme depression looks like. And it was 3.20 in the morning. Oh, uh, I wow. still shot in my phone. Um, and it was just a, a TED talk about mental illness uh, yep. at 3.20 in the morning. I just reached out and said, hey, man, like, what's going on? What are you going through um, here? Uh, and he, at that point, he had knew what I, that I was struggling as well. Mm. Um, but I just got that typical I'm fine question. And of course. Uh, guys being guys, I, I let that go, didn't think of it. And a week later, we lost him. Uh, so that, that really drove home that, uh, that we need to have these conversations. Cause, uh, like we were saying earlier is definitely hard to break that trust. Uh, but I can yeah. say with every ounce in me that I wish I would have. That's, that's awful, man. I'm so sorry for you. I, I can tell it still affects you to this day. And I think it's from what you talk about with this, with the day stay company, it seems to be you're, you're really trying to turn this into something positive. It's yeah, exactly. It's hard and and that, and that is what uh, the goal with DSTIG, um, and DSTIG, again, like you were saying, is the, the online brand we started. Um, uh, again, just, uh, just selling merch with the goal of starting conversations. Um, and nice. the reason we did that was uh, actually standing at, uh, at Patty's funeral with my brother. Um, we were just standing there and just seeing a church full of people, just all that would have begged for him to talk to him, for, sorry, yeah. for him to talk to us. 
Um, and just seeing that I, again, I'm not, I've, I've always said, I'm not sure what made it click in my click in my head, but um, just standing in the funeral there, seeing everyone, uh, the name D-Stig, it all just popped into my head, ran with it two weeks later, we launched. And then uh, from there, the community has just taken it and just blown it up to uh, numbers that we never expected, especially this quick. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, as, as good, great uh, as we're doing now, it definitely comes out of uh, a darker past. Um, but with that, it is also um, at least something that we can turn into a teaching point uh, moving forward. So it isn't, uh, we didn't lose Patty for nothing. A bit of redemption of a horrible yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. So who was, uh, you said you're, I know you're with D-State, you're, you're benefiting a foundation. What's the foundation you're trying to benefit? Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, here in Pembroke, uh, I'm actually on the board of directors for the, uh, the local mental health uh, center here, the Robbie Dean Center. Cool. Uh, it's, it's a completely nonprofit, uh, no government funding or anything like that. Um, unfortunately, we do have our doors closed at the moment because of COVID. Yeah, of course. We're all with the phone, uh, over the phones. Um, but essentially what it is, it's just a completely free service um, for anyone that is struggling or anything like that. Um, we might not necessarily be able to help uh, directly with absolutely everybody just because of limited yeah. numbers and sorts of stuff. Um, but we, uh, we, we also, um, not just help take care of those people, but if we aren't the, uh, the best suited for them, we'll mm -hmm. also help uh, direct them towards those people as well. That's, that's fantastic. It seems like you guys are, you're giving people another avenue to look down another kind of opportunity to, to try to help themselves or others. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's fantastic. I think that's great work you're doing. Kathy, <laughs> especially in the Kingston area, what are some or Kingston area and surrounding area, yes. Uh, what are some avenues that students can can look into if they're experiencing some mental health issues or they think someone else is? Yeah, I think a great place to start is the, the um, our counseling and wellness at yep. St. Lawrence. Um, just a beautiful group of very gifted, talented, dedicated people. Um, and that's on all our campuses that we have those services and they're really good to refer to others, uh, okay. to other groups. Uh, so I think that's a really good starting point. There's also um, a wellness app yep. that we have. Um, I think is, is it TAO? Yeah, it is TAO wellness app. I like it. It's, it's, yeah. I've used it a couple of times. It's an interesting little thing to incorporate. So people should definitely check that out. Well, a lot of students like um, it's, it's based on the idea that, that we're in a sort of a self-help generation. You guys are really quick to Google. You guys, mm -hmm. I'm saying, not me, your generation. <laughs> uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs are really quick to Google stuff. And so this app is full of, um, you know, you can do a self-assessment and it'll give you like articles and stuff and sort of direct you. So it's sort of like a support um, yeah. that some students I know have found really, really helpful. So, um, Brian, do you know how you get that app on your phone? Is it just? Uh, I can't remember, you asked. If you look up Child Wellness app, then I think you can, you can just find it on the, probably, probably on your like, Google Play Store or iTunes, things like that. Um, we'll, what we'll do is, don't worry, we'll edit it in so that it kind of flashes <laughs> on the bottom. We'll figure it out. We should look that one up. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of interesting things here today, guys. Uh, is, is there anything else, Michael, you'd like to touch on before we head out of here? Sounds good to me. I uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. No, Kathy, anything? I guess just the one thing I wanted to um, 
just say, I think one of the big reasons why we don't want to talk about mental health mm -hmm. is a reason we don't want to talk about a lot of personal stuff, generally okay. speaking, and it's just not wanting to be vulnerable. I think yeah. we, we all struggle with kind of a lot of shame. And mm -hmm. it's like the persona that I put out to the world versus the real me. Um, and a lot of it is just feeling like there's something wrong with me. And, um, you know, that is just such a lie that so yeah. many people struggle. And, you know, I'm sure, Mike, you could talk about this with your friend, as well as others I know who've ended their lives, that it's just horrifying to imagine such hopelessness and, su and in some cases, such self-loathing yeah. um, that, that we can, and that's back to your first question, Brian, when you talked about um, why is mental health so important? And it, it just can be so deceptive. Yeah. You know, it's like we believe lies about who we are and about the world. The world's not safe and everyone's going to be upset with me or mad at me or make fun of me or reject me. Um, and, you know, I'll never feel any better and I have nothing to contribute. And if I was gone, no one would miss. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And a lot of the root of all that is shame yeah. and just not valuing who we are. And so I just want to just really, really, really encourage people to realize that shame is the lie that stuff is just garbage we are all made so uniquely yeah. and wonderfully and you know it's just incredible what a little help can do and a little encouragement can do so i think really just for each of us in a crisis to kind of really reach out and when we're not in a crisis to start to build those healthy habits and get those good connections so that we're getting ready for the storms. Yeah. Cause we all are going to have storms. Absolutely. And so during a storm, we have to hunker down and grab the help we need when we're not in a storm, then it's time to be like, okay, how can I storm proof my life? What kinds of things do I need? I need healthy habits. I need, I need to start to really look at myself and get to know myself. I need to start to really address some of the hurts in my life so that when the storms come, I can bear them. It's, you know, I call that spiritual resilience, building that resilience in ourselves to be able to weather the storms. And it's just hard when we've been wounded and haven't let ourselves heal and then barricade ourselves off from everyone because of shame. So anyway, no, I, that's I, my I, last deep thought. I think that's fantastic. I, yeah, that's with life, you know, I think because of of media and especially with social media you know we, we see these these highlights these glimpses and we think everyone's got this perfect life going on no one's got any issues and it's just it's not realistic it's, it's not it's not true that no one's perfectly normal as we talked about before like everyone is touched by by issues around us and then we all try to act like we're not and it's just it's not healthy um like myself personally in the fall so I, true brian in, yeah in the fall i went through a couple of different things like I, I lost my grandmother i lost like a beloved pet and I, I was going through some things in this semester, but it's because of, as you were talking about these, these kind of, these, these healthy habits and the kind of like preparing yourself that I was able to, you know, it was tough, but I was able to make my way through because I had built some better habits and some better kind of tools and some techniques to kind of get through things. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, and also... I think the connections are so important in that. Yeah, for sure. So, just the relationships, I think are just the <laughs> Uh, I absolutely agree. Um, so before we get out of here, I'm going to give a couple of uh, ways people can reach out if they really need help. Uh, the crisis text line is text HOME 
to 6868668. The kids' health phone is 1-800-668-6868. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And the Trans Lifeline is 877-565-8860. Michael, Kathy, I thank, can't thank you both enough for coming on here today. Michael, you want to share your website so people can check out DCA? Because I think after this talk, people, hopefully you'll get a couple more views on your page. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's um, so it's just it's pretty simple. It's just www.dstig.ca, uh, uh, and that's just a D E S T I G. Actually, I think I got on my my hat here. If we can see that, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Easier. Yeah, so that's just, good, man. That's good. Yeah, just there, dstig.ca. I like the logo. Um, and then there's uh, also all the socials are just uh, um, at dstig clothing uh, on awesome. Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. So you can find us uh, pretty much anywhere. Fantastic, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Kathy? Just, I'm available at chaplain at sl.on.ca. Uh, I'm available for students. That's kind of what I do. I run small groups. I meet one-on-one. -on -one. I do a lot of just uh, encouraging, mentoring, um, cheering on when awesome. we all need that. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Uh, so for the Voice Podcast, please check us out. Uh, YouTube at The Voice Podcast. Instagram at SA Voice Podcast. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow the college. I'm Brian, and this has been the SA Voice Podcast. Thank you.